0: Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks page. The skyline is etched in my veins, you can never put that out,
2: no matter how hard it rains city.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the 256th episode of Real Hawk Talk, I am Brian Nemhauser. You can find me on Twitter at Hawk blogger and we are weeks away from the NFL draft. We are counting down the days to the biggest draft in Seahawks history. I I think you could make that argument. This is the biggest draft in Seahawks history. I don't know if they've ever had this much draft capital while being a playoff team. There's a lot that's going on. We have been putting in all sorts of time on this. And the only person I think that is putting in at least as much time as I have been putting into this, if not more, is Jeff Simmons at Real Jeff Simmons on Twitter. Jeffrey, how
2: are you, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. We're three weeks out. Um by this time in three weeks, Seahawks will probably have two new players. So I'm that's yeah crazy to think about man i'm excited i'm stressed uh these last few weeks are the hardest part for me where just like there's so much smoke it's hard to know what's real and everyone's just freaking out everything that comes out in the media so (laughs) this is gonna be a fun show i'm glad i can talk this out with you because every morning i wake up these days and i see you're just on one you're 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 like me like i can see how your brain's going so it's been fun yeah I, I love this time of year for football yeah it
1: i generally like i've always liked the draft it's been a little bit less exciting for me when the seahawks are you know when they have three picks in the draft and don't oh, pick yeah. till the second round or when they're even picking in the late 20s and the prospects don't exactly line up with the needs and it's not just that the Seahawks have a lot of draft capital this year. And it's not just that they had a good draft last year. And it's not just that they surprised people had a found a quarterback last year. All those things are true. They could have this much draft capital in the 2013 draft. And it yeah. wouldn't be that exciting. Cause that draft was ass. It was so bad. And <laughs> And you could have had every pick in that draft pretty much. In fact, the Seahawks have had almost every one of the top 10 players in that draft (laughs) on their roster at some point, because nobody else wanted them. So it is that this is a, I think a relatively good draft. I think there are interesting players at a lot of positions that you also have potential to upgrade on the team. And man, if, if we need, if we didn't draft our two tackles last year, we would be talking a lot about the tackles in this draft. There are tackles for days in this draft, you know? So I am I am super excited and I probably haven't been this excited about thinking and obsessing about the Seahawks. Man, it might have been it might be like 5 6 years to be totally honest and since I've been this interested in what's going to happen and so bought into what the potential could be.
2: Yeah, I, I feel it for sure. Um, the way they drafted the last couple of years, it didn't – I've always loved the draft. That's almost like how I became into football is just following the league. But the way this team drafted and the way they kind of just every year, they were going to pick someone I've never heard of and they're going to trade down too much. and It just got very stressful and frustrating. They took Rashad Penny that one year and Collier, Malik McDowell, that year where me and you were just going crazy about how they handled that year um last year just reinvigorated me and the way this season turned out like that if you remember just like how I, we were all thinking at this point last year we were just like they can't screw this up they traded Russell they got rid of Bobby and now with all this capital and yeah it's been fun to just dive back into this draft class and I'm like you I haven't had this much like energy and buzz and like playing on these simulators and it's just it's not just the two picks it's there's a lot going on it's been really fun to just get this ready for the draft and yeah my energy is just feels so much different than typically this time of year
1: want to thank uh, lawrence richardson for the super chat donation really appreciate that and if folks haven't already give the show a like uh give the show a five-star review and whatever you listen to your podcast on and Go over to patreon.com slash hawkblogger, sign up right now, get you immediate access to the Slack channel. Conversation is continuous there. And we have some very good patron questions we will get to in just a little bit. The best way to be part of that is to become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger and the proceeds of that go to charity. And guess what? We are, I don't know if everybody knows this, I'm going to be in the same room with john schneider one week before the draft uh and be happily donating uh some of our proceeds from this year and from this show uh to the to the causes there but i gotta say like nathan at nathan e11 joins the show nathan Ernst, hopefully let's let's first i'll test out your audio can you say hello nathan hi can you hey Dude, it worked. You look like a normal person uh, as much as you ever do. Uh, I'm loving the bright green this week. A little splash of color is great. Yep. Nathan, I need to know, what should I be doing when I see John Schneider literally one week before the draft? What what, what do I do? Like, what, what do you want me to do in that situation?
3: Oh, man. Yeah. Um... Uh, so, like, so many things come to mind, I I can't pinpoint on any of them. I mean, like, if you can get actual information out of him, uh, I mean, I would be just, I'm extremely curious to know what he thinks of Jalen Carter. Like, that is the biggest question in this draft, right, is what our teams thinking about Jalen Carter? So, yeah, I think that's, that's, like, the biggest deal.
1: Okay. We we can we can think of some ways
3: around like
1: can't quite come directly at it, but yeah. know, there might be some ways to phrase questions around character, around workouts, around yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. Jeff. Yeah. yeah, go no, go ahead, Nathan. Go ahead. Finish. No, that. that's right. Jeff, if you could ask John Schneider one thing that was not, you know, not just dead. On the nose that you know you wouldn't answer. But if you could ask him one thing, what do you think it would be?
2: If he's going to draft the center this year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is like, or I would just take, or if I were you, I would just print out all of those PFF mock simulators you've done and hand <laughs> <laughs> a list of. Rumors, I, I, mean, I, I hear is that the Hawk Talk
3: crew is a subtle bunch. subtle like a hammer to
1: the head yeah so i honestly had thought about uh printing out or writing out a list of players and telling him that for every player he drafts i will donate another (laughs) certain amount of money (laughs) and it doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to give me any information ahead of time it's literally like post-draft if any of these players names get called then I will buy you a case of Georgetown, your favorite beer. By the way, he's a big fan of Georgetown beers, uh, as am I. So (laughs) uh, who would be on that list if you were handing that piece of paper? Like no more than like five guys, but like who would be on that list for you? Nathan, I'm going to start with you.
3: Yeah, I mean... I, I think jalen carter is the one guy at five that would be on my list um uh, I, I don't know and then I, I have a lot of i mean we talked about this in the last episode a little bit' some my personal favorites guys like dalton kincaid parker washington uh i like a lot of the edges like ojalari is pretty fun uh siaki ika is a i like him large large man i enjoy that it's i don't know like Not to take us uh, off of the the point here, but, like, it's hard for me. And part of it is I just haven't spent as much time on this draft as I have on some drafts. But, like, I am having a hard time getting really, like, jump on the, pound the table, jump on the table, fired up for, like, any one guy. Because there's just so many options for Seattle that I will be happy with. think
1: that's one of the things here i mean jeff you and i've talked about that we go through five different mock drafts and we're like yep that would be cool yep that would be cool not even our mock drafts other people's you know mock drafts so are there are there like three or three to five players where no question if these guys got drafted you would be thrilled um these are the guys who like you have those names
2: um there's, it's tricky because that, that number twenty pick. There's like four. It's not what Nathan was saying. There's like four or five names where I'd just be like through the roof. But I think I got to have that center from Minnesota, John Michael Schmitz. We've been talking about him since January, and this position has just haunted us. Oh, did we lose Nathan there? Um, so he'd be on there. Um, Will Anderson. I don't know if I need to waste a spot on him. I think I think that's an obvious one. But with Will Anderson, he's been my favorite player in this whole draft class um i really like zay flowers but again i think he's the guy i've been excited about most of this process smith and jigba is a guy i've really liked uh mazzy smith and I- ika i really like both those guys Julius sprentz is a guy i really really like and just there's a lot of pass rushers that if they don't end up with an anderson there's guys but i almost want to give them a list of guys don't draft these guys uh, that would be a fun list donate if they <laughs> are, are, are who comes to mind uh, Bijan Robinson. <laughs> um, who would be on that list for me? Maybe Tyree Murphy. At this point. Miles Murphy. Miles Murphy would 100% be on that list for me. Uh, yeah. He is, when I think of like things that this team needs to get better at, like toughness, and he's not that. Um, I need to think of it a little more, but there's definitely people on that list.
1: You've been kind of on a Brian Bruzzy, like, has not been high on yours. I don't know if you're a don't do it
2: at all, but. He's you know. not on the like don't do it at all, but he's more to me as like more of an athlete than a like kind of get your nose dirty kind of football player. But Brizzy was like the number one recruit in the country. Like, there, there's a lot to like about him. I could convince myself into that guy pretty quick. But like maybe like a Trenton Simpson or Diane Henley. I'm not crazy about those smaller kind of linebackers that can just run. I want. Team to get tough again and so if we can think of like all these finesse kind of players on defense and like one of the guys i really like is Devin witherspoon I don't, devon Witherspoon. i don't know if we'll end up drafting it probably doesn't make sense to drop them but I, I really like guys like that they're just tough and i want the team to get back to that and like the pure athletes that aren't good tough football players those don't excite me right now
1: yeah yeah. One of the guys on that list for me is, um, we haven't talked about him much Is Andre Carter uh, from out of army. I am not a huge fan of his. Some people have him going quite high. I, I feel like he is super raw and highly likely to be not interesting. Um, I definitely would want to spend a second round pick on that guy, which a lot of people haven't going that high. Anyone for you, uh, Nathan, that you're like X out, do not pick
3: besides the running backs. Yeah, I mean the running backs for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean like Murphy and was it Breezy, Breezy, Uh <laughs> I don't love either of them, but like it, it's all relative, right? I mean, there's a, there's a spot where I definitely take them. Um, so yeah, I mean it's more like I don't like. What, what does have... What's the heck? Huh? I take. Well, how do you guys feel about Will Levis? I'd be fine if they took Will Levis at five. I mean, like there are certainly scenarios. (laughs) You just, there there are scenarios where that leaves them open to a lot of criticism, but like, (laughs) I mean, if, if like the, if Carter and Anderson are gone and you're at five, or if you can do a trade down and that's and Levis is a guy that gets down to you somehow, like, yeah, whatever. Sure. That's, one of the multitude of paths that this draft can take where I will not be furious. Um, now if you take Lovis over Carter or Anderson, uh you better be right.
2: <laughs> oh, that would be a hard one.
0: Oof. Oof.
1: I will tell you guys quickly uh a couple names that are on my I would just be super excited list. Um, I think like setting aside the Willie Anderson's the world, because I think that's somewhat obvious to me um Kalija Kansi I've been pretty clear on John Michael Schmitz is definitely on there Darnell Washington's on there um Zay Flowers is getting close to being on there um so is Will not draft list on the no on the I would be excited list these, oh. are, all these are my excited I haven't given those yet um and uh oh, there's one other guy I was trying to remember um uh, I'm forgetting So those are, those are some of the guys Uh, as far as like the don't draft list, you know, Oh, Zach Charbonnet is another guy that I would be really excited about. I don't think that we'll spend the pick that we need to, to get him, but I really like him as a running back. And uh, I also just wanted to put one of those on there to spite Nathan. So um, uh, I did want to actually, I want to shift about away from, from the do not draft. I I don't have much more to add there, but uh, there's something I wanted to talk about with both of you in particular. And this is this is related to personnel, which affects all of these choices. And we've talked about it a little bit that the Seahawks have been shifting away from their 4-3 single high safety uh, look that they had done for so many years under Pete Carroll. The Legion of Boom ran and pretty much ran only, um, you know, three deep essentially looks now they've been moving more towards a three four they were always a four three with three four principles it was always like they talked about a lot of things but essentially they had more true defensive ends and they had you know more four three defensive tackles and then they had four three linebackers they had a middle linebacker they had a strong side linebacker they had a weak side linebacker they had very defined roles last year they moved more clearly to a like a three four where you had like fewer interior linemen they were attempting to be more of like a true nose tackle with Al woods they had the outside linebackers like uchenna nuosu who were essentially defensive ends but playing outside linebacker and would play coverage as well instead of having someone like carlos dunlap do that which was not a good fit do we think like pete said hey we are sticking with this we are not going back do you feel like the moves that they have made this offseason tip the hand at all towards confirming that they are going, continuing to go in this clear 3-4 direction? Or do you feel like there's the potential that the Seahawks might change their front and spend a little bit more time in a what they did before, more of a 4-3 with different types of personnel? Jeff, I'm going to start with you on this
2: one. It's tricky because... They've hinted kind of at both things, which makes me think they might be a little multiple and they might be doing a little bit of both. So Bobby's comments this week were especially interesting where he talked about that. Both Bobby and Pete and John, who all commented on it, talked about how Bobby, a lot of the stuff Bobby did with the Rams is different than what they did before and it's going to be applicable to his new role. So that makes me think it's not going to be like a full-scale turnover and they are running the same kind of defense that Raheem Morris and Brandon Staley ran. But they also, Bobby mentioned at the end that they're going to be doing stuff that he's really familiar with and he knows. So I wonder if they're going to be a little more multiple. They're not going to be set in one kind of defense. To be honest, I don't know how much I like, how much, how confident that makes me because they had trouble with that last year where they were, I know some of those guys on Seattle Overload talked about how they're playing almost three different defenses at times last year. And they didn't really have an identity. So I think this draft is going to be really, it's going to offer a lot of like, direction in terms of how they're going with this right now they don't have a nose tackle that makes you think on one hand that maybe they're going to play jaron reed there maybe they don't need but they also talked about bringing back puna ford and bray henderson's been hinting at that too and pete's comment on him at the end of the year was they played him out of position his best position is nose tackle which i didn't expect to see coming and i heard jermont jones on another radio station it was a denver station talk about how the thing that sold him is how much they want him playing three tech and 3 tech is not typically that three-four base personnel kind of thing you see. They want it to be like an interior rushing 3 tech, which is more how they used to play things. And I know they mentioned Michael Bennett's role. And every time Seattle brings in a player, they mention Michael Bennett. It's getting a little <laughs> God, that's so high cool. roll at this point. It's, yeah, like how many guys – LJ Collier was the next Michael Bennett. I remember Nathan just crushing that on draft day. So um, I don't know, have like a great feel for it right now. I think the draft is really going to tell us. I get the sense they're going to be multiple and they're not kind of going with like that old school 3 4 that a lot of us thought they were going to last year. Yeah,
1: and if this is such a big deal, and I don't think we can know for sure what the answer is, but some of the things I'm looking at are they don't have a true 3 4 nose tackle on their roster right now. Not anyone that makes obvious sense. Echena Nuosu, who we've all talked about, makes sense to extend as you know, get some cap relief played well last year he's a very clear move towards the three four he has less of a logical place in a four three he only has one year left on his deal so if they wanted to leave the door open to say hey we're gonna try you at leo you know the old chris clemens position but if that doesn't work out or we're done after this year i'm not seeing The clear commitment to the three-four that they couldn't shift back if they wanted to to the four-three. I'm curious what what signs you're seeing.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it all revolves around the nose tackle question, right? They don't they don't have one on the roster, um, but both of their nose tackles from last year are are out there, right? Puna played a couple different spots, but he clearly can play nose. Al Woods is still out there, unless I've I've missed something. Um. <clears throat> now the flip side of that is like, even if they want Puna back, uh, they're getting pretty low on cap space here, right? Like the flexibility to sign either of those guys is a little rough, and you know, there's a there's a couple guys in the draft that uh could play nose probably, but rookie nose tackles is usually a pretty rough experience. Like that's not. I wouldn't want to go in and just be like, yeah, Mazzy Smith, he's our nose tackle and he's the only one on the roster and here we go. <laughs> so like, you know, I mean, that is, <clears throat> you. they almost are telegraph. It almost feels like they're telegraphing that they're doing something different with how they've neglected that position, but there's still a lot of time. There are still options, you know, maybe they just have a ton of confidence in one of these rookies. Like, you know, you never know, but like that is the thing that makes me wonder: what exactly are they planning with this defense uh, next year?
1: Well, so related to this, I spent sillys amounts of time this weekend um, on some different stuff, including uh, creating a draft big board, which we may or may not talk about, and then the other thing is going through Schneider's draft history and breaking it down. Tell me, so this is a list of defensive tackles. This is the list, the full list of defensive tackles that the Seahawks have drafted under John Schneider and Pete Carroll. I want you to tell me if any of these in your mind qualify as a clear nose tackle. Um, Okay? Not just defensive tackle, a nose tackle. Malik McDowell, Jaron Reed, Rasheem Green, Nazir Jones, Jordan Hill, Jay Howard, Quinton Jefferson, Jimmy Staten, demarcus christmas and pep livingston
2: not
3: one no you, yeah now the flip side of this is the guys who have played nose for them are like atop Rubin, al woods like guys that they've just found for free laying around basically right like so I mean, yeah, I don't think this is something they're going to address for the draft, although it would not be weird to see them go against the grain here, considering that the defense has evolved over the last couple of years. So a lot of those years were drafting for a pretty different uh, defensive line. Um, And even if they don't draft a a nose, like you never know who will be cap casualties or if they can get, you know, Woods or one of these guys back. Like, uh, I think it's a really glaring hole that could be indicative of something. But they're also just I think I wouldn't if they are still dedicated to this defense, I doubt they're panicking right now about the no situation.
1: Well, that's interesting. Yeah, the the point there is it would be the most clear if they draft Willie Anderson, that is not a indication that they're going to one way or another. If they draft Jalen Carter, it's not an indication they're going one way or another. If they draft Siaki Ika, if they draft Mazzie Smith, Um, that is a pretty clear indication of a direction that they're going defensively. Siaka Ika, I don't think really is a logical fit in a four, three defense um, the way that they play it now. Maybe there's others that would say differently, but that that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Also, given the, uh, the little amount that the Seahawks have spent in draft capital and in free agent money on this position, it feels like Siaka Ika and Mazi Smith are pretty unlikely choices by this team. Um, at least it would be it would be a pretty big deviation from what they've done. I think you're probably more looking at guys like Cameron Young that you might get in the fifth round um, or later uh, at, at that nose tackle position, um, or some of the other guys. And there's there's definitely some guys on that list. Um, I want to say Coburn from from texas but there's a few guys that could be on yeah, that list, lower clark. yeah jared clark from coastal carolina so the, like I, I don't know does that does that sound right to you like should, do we feel like most likely we should be giving up on the Siakaika mazzie smith uh
3: fits for this team they're just a in a unique like i don't think we can look at any of their off seasons in the past and say they were in this situation <laughs> So like I don't know that the historicals here are really helpful. They're interesting. I agree. With that. They're interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah I agree
2: you. with Nathan. I was gonna say I totally agree. Yeah, I think their past was a totally different defense, and if they're running the defense, they're playing to run, and we we don't know what that is. But if it's the one from they talked about the Rams and that more of a classic three four look, that position is going to be prioritized a little bit differently. One thing they have had success with is finding defensive tackles in general for cheap, even how they found Al Woods in the first place. He was basically a scrap heap signing. He was like a one-year, probably $2 million player. and They've had Tony McDaniel and guys like that. So the one thing this team has done well is find defensive tackles on the cheap, but they're in a spot now where they paint themselves in the corner. So I think they might have, and that's when they have typically in the past overdrafted players. So, Masley Smith is a tough one to fit in because it's probably got to either he's got to slip to 37 or an Ika Like maybe it's a second round pick, but there's a big opportunity cost to that because you're giving up. We've talked about how many players we like in that range. So it's a really interesting spot because you said they can't just go sign a free agent right now. They're basically tapped out and they're going to have to create money somehow. So I don't know if historical like precedent really factors in here for the money reason. And they've kind of painted themselves in a corner. So they might, and we've seen what happens when they do that.
1: That I get I get that. I, I see this one a little differently. I, I do think history has been a good guide for the Seahawks, even in this situation. And maybe it's more in general. But <laughs> two things that have been very consistent. They have not valued the middle of the offensive line, and they have not valued like run stuffing on the defensive line. They've c- tried to go cheap in both of those places and it would be a change of the way that they value a position or like what your skill set is to go in the second round for a run stuffer. That feels that feels pretty different than the way that they've valued that capability before. So, I do think historicals play a role here. I agree with what you both are saying though there's a specific type of nose tackle that we've never needed before, and they might be harder to come by and that might push the premium. My guess as I looked through this was that even though I would be, I'd be pretty excited if nose tackle was an early pick and they, they really got thick in the middle of the line. Um, I don't think Jaron Reed is someone I would feel at all comfortable with playing nose tackle in a three, four at all. So I don't know. Even though I'm excited about that, my general conclusion is I think that they will wait on that. I think it's less likely they're going to go in that position. The other thing that I wanted to bring up for both of you here is as I was looking through historicals, um, a couple other things came up. So uh, you may have already seen me put this out, but any guesses really quickly on what is the position that the Seahawks has spent the most first round picks on?
3: offensive tackle.
1: Correct. I included Jermaine Effetti in this list. That could be questionable since he played guard in his first year, but ended up at at right tackle. Um, I also include James Carpenter in this because he played his whole first year as right tackle before they were were both drafted as tackles.
2: Yeah. Uh, That was my, that was my lead. Yeah.
1: So so they spent four first round picks, Charles Cross, Jermaine Effetti, James Carpenter, Russell Okung. They've also spent a second round pick on Justin Britt. They spent a third round pick on Abraham Lucas. So this has been the most, the position that they spend the most draft capital on. They brought in Daywon Jones. They brought in a couple of other tackles for uh top 30 visits. At least two of those guys, not Daywan Jones, actually profile as guards. Um, so is there any like is there any part of you that thinks that they will go back to the well for tackle? in the first couple of rounds of this draft? Jeff, I, I see think. you shaking your head. No, I don't
2: think so. When I studied their roster, and unless they just have someone grade so highly, they can't. One of the things they have, they have four offensive tackles on rookie contracts right now. So they just don't need it. They have Curhan and they have Stone Forsythe. And obviously, I don't know how good those guys are, but all four of them are on rookie contracts. And two of them make total sense as backup tackles. But they just have so many needs elsewhere. To me, listen, if they love DeJuan Jones and they want to kick one of those guys inside, I get it. But like to me, I just I can't see it. I really can't. It just seems like a – well, we've seen how they've abused the safety position, so maybe that that's a pattern. But <laughs> I think that – I think it would be a stupid waste of resources, to be honest.
1: Nathan, I assume you'll speak up if you feel differently. They've
3: looked at a lot of tackles. So. They have. They have. They have. Those Those top 30 visits are – like for them to spend that many of them on a position. uh, But I I don't know. I wonder how many of these guys, I mean, will they draft a tackle, a a a player who played tackle in college? I think it's very possible. Will that player play tackle in in the Seahawks? Yeah, Much, much less likely.
1: Good. Good. So that leads me into this next piece, which is we've also talked a lot about guard and a lot about center. We've even Jeff, you and I, We've done one of our favorite mock drafts was, you know what? This, what we've got, we don't like, we're going to trade back and we are going to get Pete Skaronsky. We're going to shift him to right guard. Then we're going to draft John Michael Schmitz and we're going to have the best fucking offensive line we've had in a long time. And it's going to be great. And I, I think you and I love that as a alternate to reaching for like Tyree Wilson or something like that. Well, I went back and looked um, the earliest round that the Seahawks have at least picked the Seahawks has spent on guard is the third round. They have not drafted a guard before the third round. Damian Lewis, Reed Odiambo, Am- 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 Re- <laughs> Ode- and John Moffitt. Those are their three third round guards. They've not spent a first round pick. They've not spent a second round pick. Odiambo was a
3: tackle, a left tackle, uh, Boise.
1: He was. He, they specifically drafted him to play guard. Um, yep. At least but that I was... Think-
3: there's a theme here, right? Like, yes, what is the most drafted position in the first round? Offensive tackle, kind of, right? Like Carpenter, <laughs> uh, uh, a right? And then you have uh, Britt. Britt was drafted as an offensive, like, it's weird to think of Britt as an offensive tackle. Uh, posic he was, was
2: drafted Tucker. as a tackle too.
3: <clears throat> Posick, yeah, I mean, at the very least, they weren't immediately putting him at center, right? Like, no, they they the the right
2: game. tackle year one, that was a Tom Cable, uh. Valuation right
3: there. <laughs> yeah. Now that's the other thing. Like the cable years are gone. So who knows how much of that holds up. But like this is the thing that they like to do is draft tackles and see where they can play them on the line.
1: I think that's a fair piece to I, bring up. I my recollection, I see that a little differently. I think that they drafted James Carpenter to be a tackle and he right. didn't work out. I think they drafted Jermaine Effetti to eventually be a tackle, I and mean, ended up staying there. I think Justin Britt, they drafted to be a tackle. He started, people don't remember this. He started. He was the starting right tackle for the 2014 Super Bowl team. Like, so I think that they intend for those players to play tackle. I think we are talking about now specifically guarding, like drafting a guard, someone to play guard. And I think those were a lot of triage that was going on in those situations because frankly, I don't think they got the value that they were looking for.
3: And he ended up staying there is like the perfect... Tagline for Jermaine Affetti. <laughs> <of> <laughs> and he ended up staying there. The Jermaine Affetti story.
1: Oh, and he's still getting paid and getting free agent deals like that guy. Yeah, man. He, he ended found up a career. There. <laughs> it's crazy. So I mean, you look at center. I, I my recollection was that Posick was drafted as a potential center that played a lot of guard. You're right that in training camp, they were playing him at right tackle as well that year. Um he was a center like, like uh, in that regard. So I was just looking at even who you could classify as a center that they've drafted. He's the only guy before the sixth round. The other guys were Joey hunt and Christian Sokoli.
2: You you got a grill John on this.
1: (laughs) That's a, that's a fair point. Like I can ask, like, how do you value the center position? Uh, He won't give me anything. I guarantee it. Um, But he's
3: told you how he values the center position.
2: Yeah. 13
1: drafts. <laughs> I guess my question is, how do you come to that as a conclusion for your value? Yeah. To that position? Can you change your,
2: can you change your valuations?
1: And I mean, my, my point here is not, this is not like a right or wrong thing. It is like, do we really think that this, that John Schneider would be willing to spend the eighth pick? If that's what it was on a tackle to move to guard. Do we really believe that he would spend the 20th pick, which is what he might have to, to get a center that he wants in John Michael Schmitz? Do we we really believe either of those things is in the realm of possibilities?
3: I think the 20th pick, to kind of somewhat answer your question here, is the most interesting pick in this draft, right? Like five is all about what falls to you and you just kind of, like something good is going to be there, whether it's Anderson, Carter, a trade back, right? Like a quarterback you actually like, and that's something they want to do. So five is just like, yeah, man, we're going to hang out for four picks and do the cool thing when it when it presents itself. But 20 is kind of a weird pick. Like maybe JSN is there or something that, like that, right? And it, like he's a clear player. You take it 20. But everything else for them feels forced, right? If you take Kincaid or Miles Murphy, like tight ends at 20, ah, I mean, yeah, I get it. But, like, also, no. Oh. And then, like, Matthew Smith, like, boy, that's that's high. Again, I get it. But, like, that's high. Like, Dewan Jones, like, I love him as a right tackle. And I'll be super interested to see what he can do as a guard, right? Or, like, are you moving Abe Lucas? So, like, everything at 20, like, I think 20 is going to be really indicative of how they see the team mm-hmm. um, and what they're trying to build. Because I don't think there's any like natural fit there outside of something stupid happening like Tyree Wilson or JSN or somebody falls and then you just kind of do the obvious thing.
1: Jeff, I I can't see him doing it at the top 10. I want to believe that that's a possibility. The 20th pick on John Michael Schmidt, I do feel for some reason, it might just because I'm super stupid and stubborn, but I feel like that's
2: possible. Where are you on those two things? I'm very similar. Uh, I think the Skoronsky thing is more me and you than something the Seahawks can do. I think the Seahawks do value positions. We saw offensive tackle. We've seen, and you put it out last week, where they drafted certain positions. I think they're very set on those ways. I do think that things have changed in the last year. We saw things them kind of break character last year. And I think the ball, a big impact was, has been Jody Allen and kind of reevaluating their draft process. Like they drafted the two pass protecting air raid tackles that couldn't run block. That was way out of character for the Seahawks. It's a great that point. Was... Well, then, but they followed up. They drafted a running back, so they they still have some of their characteristics. Kenneth Walker still managed his way in there, and Boye Mafe is a classic John Schneider pick. But I think the guard thing is hard to see. I think that's something that me and you would come up with because we see the position of strength. John is not typically drafted like that. He typically tries to fill holes rather than build one position and. I can't see a big guard there. I think that's out of – the Schmitz thing is interesting because of just the context of that position. They're, they're light there on the roster. They've been getting killed there for years. And there was indications that they liked Tyler Linderbaum last year. John Boyle did that article last year about the uh, inside the draft room stuff. And they were actually trying to – there were some reports from, like, Tony Pauline at the time. They were trying to move out of the draft. They are fiercely trying to trade down. And Boyle wrote that article after. They're actually looking to trade up. It was for Arnold Ebichetti. And one of the other guys that apparently they liked it as a possibility was Linderbaum, who's a center. So that was to me that maybe things are shifting there a little bit. And the way Schmitz's stock has changed, I know there were some reports from some one of the media guys that they liked Schmitz a lot. And the Seahawks are really high on him. And he's a senior bowl, Jim Nagy guy. And he was, I thought, like the second round was his sweet spot. But the more we, this process has gone along, the Giants and the Bills, are sitting there. There's a lot of ties to Schmitz there. It's never good to tie yourself to one player where you might overdraft him because that's where that's where you make mistakes typically. But I can just see the Seahawks just seeing center as such a big internal need. They have Evan Brown on the roster, but that and Joey Hunt is like a practice squad guy. But I think they're telling you that there, they want to upgrade center. and You saw it with Blight last year how much it hurt the passing game. And I can see them mm-hmm. just overvaluing him now listen, he's one of my favorite guys. I would not be upset, but I could see them kind of overcompensating there to make up. Yeah. And,
3: and this is another area where I think the historicals are like the weakest uh, in terms of predictive value as they've ever been, right? Like this is not a Tom Cable team anymore, and it hasn't been for years, right? But like I think Andy Dickerson has should have earned a lot of um influence with this team. Uh, with what he's been able to do with rookie tackles and just generally, you know, uh, and, and, you know, I think he's been promoted once already. So they clearly value him. Um And so who knows what he really wants right now? I mean, he comes from a Rams team where they had Austin Blythe, and then they brought in Austin Blythe. So maybe, you know, uh, they're pretty aligned there and how they've been doing things historically at this position. But, you know, who knows, like, it would not be surprising if there was a big shift here and that like it's pretty clearly like, well, yeah, you have a different offensive line coach who's doing really well and should be pretty respected.
1: Andy Dickerson is my favorite Seahawks assistant coach, and it's not close. It's not close. I, I he, think that I think he that he guy is I think I really like what he's what done. What about Greg
2: Olson, the slick back hair? <laughs> <laughs> dirtbag Greg Olson I, I yeah
1: he's he's uh he's certainly fun in the pictures you never quite know where he's looking
3: but are uh, we sure that uh Greg Olson isn't just like a time-traveling Aaron Rodgers like, <laughs> he's actually the like 59 year old version of Aaron Rodgers does he have healing crystals I don't know we'll have to find out maybe that's something uh, you can ask John
1: Okay, I will. I will. That is actually a fair question. I will make sure. I will let you know. Yeah, you going to get a about. selfie with John? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh I will I will not be with a quarterback most likely when I take it,
3: but I'm happy to do that.
1: Oh, so, oh, oh Oh, I know what I want yeah. you to
3: talk to John about. Okay. I finally remembered. Can you talk to him about why uh Andy Reid is the best coach in the NFL? Just get his thoughts about like what really separates him from the pack. How about this? How about I will dial your number and let you ask him that question.
1: Just like I let you talk to uh, your favorite safety <laughs> of all Seahawks history, Tedrick Thompson.
3: I, uh, I would legit be too shell shocked to say anything.
2: <laughs> John might agree. I, John John could agree I think it was with Andy Reid in Green Bay. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. 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 He has, he has Andy Reid background. I, I wish you all could have experienced Nathan talking to Tedrick Thompson and how uncomfortable he was. It was awesome.
3: I <laughs> was very, I was, awesome. was very nice.
1: And then, and then also when I had uh John Schneider call Evan, that was also quite fun. Evan <laughs> was completely inappropriate. Like literally it was like trying to convince him about his salary cap knowledge to get a job with the Seahawks. And- <laughs> I think he's burned that bridge since, but, but uh, anyway, it was pretty funny. Um, what? How are you guys time-wise? If we go a little bit past the hour, are you good? Yeah. 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 Okay. I want to get to Patreon questions, but I also, I want to go a little bit further on some of these historicals just because I think it's, it's a, a lens we haven't talked about yet. And I, and I think it's been really fascinating to hear your perspectives on which of these matter and which of them don't. So, I'm going to stick on offense um, with two other positions that we've talked about as potentially interesting in early rounds. One of them is tight end. And one of them is receiver and receiver is either the second or third, most valued position by the Seahawks in terms of draft capital. Um, Defensive end is the the second um, after offensive tackle. And then it's receiver. And if you look at, I mean, they've spent four second-round picks on receivers. Eskridge, Metcalf, Paul Richardson, and Golden Tate. That's a lot. Four. Um, out of, you know, 12 drafts or whatever it is, like, it's, it's a lot. Uh, they've also spent two third-round picks, Amaro Darbo and Tyler Lockett. For what it's worth, every player they've drafted after the third round at receiver has not really worked out. Their hit rate on the first, two, the second and third round have been decent. Their hit rate below that, I mean, we're talking about Gary Jennings, Kevin Norwood, Chris Harper, Chris Durham, Freddie Swain, Bo Melton, Derek Young's still there. Who knows? John Ursua, David Moore, who had a couple good years, uh, and Kenny Lawler. I mean, there, there's like some stinkers there. When you go to tight end. You're looking at the earliest they've picked a tight end. The earliest is the third round, Nick Vanette. They've only used one pick before the fourth round on a tight end. The other two in the fourth round are Colby Parkinson and Will Disley. They spent fourth round picks on. Either of those make you guys feel either less confident that they will pick one of these tight ends in the first two rounds. Or more confident that they're going to go receiver maybe in the first round. Or if not the first round, the second round.
3: They did trade a lot for Jimmy Graham once upon a time. Fair. That probably factors in there, right? Yep. Um the 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 thing that's really hard for me with receiver though is like last year was so crazy. Uh that I don't know what to expect, right? Like I don't think it's crazy to think that JSN could get to them at 20. I also don't think it's crazy that JSN goes like seven or eight and then zay flower goes 12 and like yeah josh downs goes 16 or like or and then quentin johnson who uh, is another guy that's always up in the top 15 right like that was what last year felt like because all these guys were like oh man yeah like if they could get him with that like early second round pick that'd be pretty cool nope sorry i went went you know 15 or uh the penn state guy right is the one that was a big surprise i liked him a lot but still um so like, I think a receiver is definitely in play at 20, but it depends on whether they're going to be picking the first or second receiver or, like, the sixth receiver off the board at that point.
2: Yeah, and this is this is a little bit of a different receiver class. One of the things we've seen in the draft the last two or three years is not just the front-end guys like Nathan said, and which last year was incredible. You had all these guys, and they almost all hit. They all went in a row last year. But you had guys – it just was like a – John's talked about numbers in certain positions. There's been a ton of numbers of receivers in the last couple of drafts. And with the way college football is going, it makes sense. There's so many offenses. And it's been easier to transition than it was probably 10, 12 years ago when there was less college concepts in the NFL. This year is a different class where there's those guys that Nathan mentioned. But then once you get to, like, the typical second round where there would be loads of numbers, there's a guy, Josh Downs, who Derek really, really likes – and after him, it's a, it's not a great receiver clause. That's sort of the weakness. If you talk to like personnel guys, it's really pick and choose who you like, but you're looking at Jalen Hyatt and Nate Dell, who's really, really small and explosive, and Michael Wilson, who didn't really produce, and Cedric Tillman. Those guys are not really round two guys. Those are probably round three guys, and it's really pick your flavor. So one of the things I've just figured out when I started studying this draft is 20 seems to be a pivot point where there's like, Initially, I just thought, okay, they're going to go heavy defense. It made sense. Their defense sucked last year. They're pretty good on offense. But more I start studying this draft, 20 seemed to be sort of the pivot pot where, okay, maybe some of the defensive ends you want aren't there. Maybe if you don't get Jalen Carter early, unless you want Canty, there's no real defensive line. So to me, the, the obvious pivot there is you can get the best of something else, and that was either tight end or receiver. And so to me, all these mock drafts, you keep seeing Seattle get receiver. It's kind of, kind of the way this draft class works. That 20 range is where defensive line are gone. There's, you don't want to take a linebacker there. The corners don't go in the teams. Where's the best value? It's the receiver spot. So if there's someone they really like, but Nathan's right, though. They're like, Zay Flowers is in New England today, and he's a guy at like Boston College. He fits New England. Like, JSN's a guy. because he got to Houston at 12, and all of a sudden, Green Bay could take a receiver. Quentin Johnson's kind of a weird fit for Seattle, and what they really need is a more of a slot guy. He, he's kind of, he would be kind of a weird fit. So that's where maybe they do go tight end because it really depends for tight end, I think, what they think of Noah Fant long term. He's a guy, if you need a clear cap room, you draft the tight end there, you can trade Noah Fant for fifth round pick, and there's your $7 million to go sign the rest of your defensive line. So I think that's a big evaluation for them historically, because this draft's so deep, the way Seattle typically would draft is they'd wait on tight end, and maybe they take one of those in day two or maybe day three, probably round three or something, and maybe if there's a big group of them, and this that's what this group is known for. There's like eight tight ends going in the top 70 of all these top 100 lists. So I think tight end at 20 is probably less likely unless they have a guy just graded super, super high. But I really think receiver, because if if you wait until like the 50s or whatever, Every time we do these mock drafts, unless Josh Downs is there, there's just it's kind of a drop off, and you're reaching on like a really small guy. So, I think they're going to break tendency on that. that. So this is,
1: I don't know if I even consider that breaking tendency because the point is this is a position they've drafted high, and maybe not first round, but they've spent a lot of draft capital on this position, and they've spent they've drafted. Uh, let's see they have drafted 16 wide receivers more than any other position group (laughs) in their time, 16. So I think you're absolutely right, Jeff. And there's two tendencies that they have that make me ask you guys one other question related to this, which is Schneider has had a tendency in the past to when there's a position group that they value that has a small number of players that they like, they will take the best of those early, knowing that they'll get second or third or fourth or fifth on their list of another position that they consider deep. I think this is a super flawed approach that I don't love. Like, I think you should get the best player, and I think they've overweighted that. I get the idea, but like, get the most impactful player, and if you don't get your receiver this year, so be it. But it is a tendency. The question is, have we underestimated the potential that they will trade back and with their first pick draft be the team that drafts first receiver, drafts JSN at ten or nine or something? Is that like? Do you think that is more likely than them drafting Skaronsky at nine or ten? I think I, think, so. think I do.
3: I think so. Yeah. Um. I I would. I would personally at least like that better if they trade down eight nine ten and draft jsn over Skoransi. like i think that makes more sense uh especially with how the rest of the draft fo- like plays out between what we just talked about what jeff was just talking about with receiver and like you know the avilas and uh john Jacob jacob j hanger that guy uh and you know dewan some of these convert types that maybe you can move slide in from tackle like i think that makes a lot more sense to me
1: Jeff, I don't like it. I know you're a big JSN guy. I, I don't like it, but it, it does feel to me like more likely than uh, like a Skaransky kind of move.
2: Yeah, I do think so, too. I just think Seattle has receiver as a premium position. And you look at the roster now, I don't think – I know all the mock drafters are starting to talk about this now, but receiver is a big organizational need. Um, Tyler Lockett's turning 31 this year, I believe, or 30. And – you saw what happened, and we talk about this all the time, but when he didn't play in that Chiefs game last year, their passing game, went to shit. And you look at the way their cap numbers are, too. They're going next year. They're at, they're both pretty good value this year, but next year they both skyrocket over $23 million. And so there really is a big need to just put in a rookie contract in this valuation. JSN's a guy I really like. It depends on his medical grade, obviously, because he didn't really play this year. But I can see the Seahawks just like – he's got a very clean character – Ohio State receivers have just crushed it the last few years. So he's, wanted, to me, one of the cleaner evaluations of this whole draft. And the best part about him is he's exactly what they don't have. He's a slot guy. He, he's like a cheat code for a quarterback, and we saw that Geno didn't have that. And I know a lot of like analytics people, just the film guys, have just said Seattle needs that to open up the rest of their offense. They do. So, yeah, it's not I think defensive end or whatever is probably the best, but Listen, if they trade down and get Jess in and get another second round pick, I'm pretty pumped
0: up. Have we talked?
3: Have you guys talked about the scenario you laid out, Jeff, where they take a tight end at 20 and then trade Fant or, yeah, Fant and open up cap space and use that for a defensive tackle? That seems like that almost seems like too obvious, right? Yeah, we have. We have talked about it a
1: decent amount in that. You know, you could don't have to just let go of a fan. There potentially is a trade value for him. You don't even know it might be very low. It might be conditional pick, but he's not a he's not a crap player. So you you could get something in return for him. They might try to do that on draft day, and they might just be seeing what comes to them. I admit that what they've spent draft capitalized on tight end. And what they have in the room right now at tight end makes me a little less convinced that they're going to to be that clever. (laughs) But I don't think it's the worst idea. I I really don't. I I mean, I don't know if 20, like there's a lot of, when I wrote, did my grades of players and everyone should totally dismiss my grades because what the hell do I know? But when I did that and then I went through and drafted just based on my grades, I was taking Michael Mayer at 20, like pretty much every time. Like that was, that was the highest value player at that position that I had most confidence in turning into a, a good player for them. I think there's case to be made, um, for doing exactly what you're saying.
3: Yeah. I mean, they open up 8 million in cap. Yeah. In trade. Band. Yeah. So that, that is more than enough to bring back. I mean, you can bring back Puna and Woods, uh, I think pretty easily with that amount of space. I don't so, want to bring them back though,
1: I'm sorry. Huh? I don't want to bring them back.
3: <laughs> I mean, they're oh. your best shots for, for this year. I think they make, they're the best players out there. Uh,
2: what's that? Shelby Harris too. Yeah. yeah, Put yeah
3: Jefferson five today. Harris, Harris isn't gonna play nose for you though.
1: No, no. Yeah, yeah no. Um, okay. We are, <laughs> I am not going to go through defensive, uh, player history there, but, um, I will make one quick point. We've talked about cornerback also as maybe that's a position, whether it's Witherspoon or um, Christian Gonzalez or something like that. The reality is the Seahawks have drafted actually uh, the second most cornerbacks. They've drafted 15 cornerbacks. They've drafted 16 receivers, 15 corners. And the earliest they have ever used a pick on a corner is Shaquille Griffin in the third round, and that's the only one before the fourth round. So they've drafted 14 guys from the fourth round on to add, to expect that they're going to trade back and take a top 10 pick on a corner. Also knowing that they have Trey Brown on the roster and Michael Jackson and Kobe Bryant. And now Julian love. I think that is, that is fan talk. I, I get it. It. I don't think that really matches the way the Seahawks have thought about that position. It would be a massive departure from the way that they've approached it. It doesn't mean it's the wrong thing to do, but it would be a big break um, from their past.
3: And there will just be too many alternatives. Like last year, let's say something weird happens, and both Sauce Gardner and Charles Cross are sitting on the board for Seattle. They're still taking Cross, even though Gardner is probably going to be the better player, and they very likely knew that right but like again they just have that confidence in their ability to go find Tariq Woolen way down the draft and so they'll they're going to to take the other position so like yeah every year we get into this conversation about like oh this cornerback oh it could be could be the year it's not gonna be the year there's just it would well, be mean, very strange for them to do that you
1: can't like, argue with their tracker record. there right I mean like Shaquille Griffin, Kobe Bryant, Trey Brown, Ugo Amadi, Walter Thurman, Tariq Woolen, Trey Flowers, like him or not, it's been a starter. Um, Ty Smith, not great. Therald Simon, did start for a while. Richard Sherman, Mike Tyson, who was a safety they tried to play at corner, never made it. Eric Pinkin, same thing. Jeremy Lane, Byron Maxwell, and Ryan Murphy. like Of 15 players, that hit rate's like 60% or higher. Like, and they're only drafting from the fourth round on pretty much. So it's hard to argue with their approach to that position. And if I'm them, I'm not feeling like, oh, man, we've got this wrong so many times. We're going to have to really spend the right draft pick on this. Um, so let's do this. Let's shift to some Patreon questions because uh, we've already taken an hour. I have so many more questions and I, I have things that if we don't get to here. I hope you guys can stay on. If not, I will just talk about it myself. Cause I don't mind talking myself, but um, first question here is from uh, Amani Waddell. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, let's start with Nathan. The question is QB defender or trade down where on that roulette wheel, do you bet your life savings on and why? I assume we are talking about the number five pick
3: on what they will do, what they, what they will do
1: what yes what they will do
3: i don't know i would i i would not <laughs> i i choose not to you got
1: to make a bet there's uh, you got to put it down
3: defender i guess but like defender. i really i really don't know i mean i think i think in order of likelihood it's i, I don't know what to do between defender and trade down um but i, I but i don't think QB is going to be far behind either one, so I really don't know.
1: Jeff, are you enough of a golf fan to have a take on who's going to win the Masters? Yeah. Okay. This comes from uh Jared brant uh friend of the show. Who's gonna win the Masters? I bet on John
2: Rom. Um oh? I bet on, on John uh, Rom. Yeah, he well, if I had to pick someone, I have a couple of bets out there and Rom had really good odds, so it wasn't the best. Yeah, it's kind of an obvious pick. He was like the third highest, third best odds, but yeah, that's who I picked going into the week. Um, there's a couple other guys I like. Sh- Shoufley's a guy I, was, I always, I always, I like Alexander. Yeah, he's been, for he's been sure. around. He's been around that top ten for a couple of years now. But if I had to pick, it would be Rom.
1: Did Joel Damon qualify? He's a friend of the show. I don't, I don't know. know. I like Joel Damon, man. That guy's funny. Um, All right. Uh, EM asks, this is for you, Nathan. What order do you think JS values the top four quarterbacks? And is there any he wouldn't consider at five? So rank them based on how do you think John Schneider, not how you, but how John Schneider values those four quarterbacks.
3: Uh, Okay. So I think it's probably Richardson, Levi's, Stroud, (laughs) Young, I
1: think. that's how you think, okay, Jeff, do you agree with that? Do you think that's how the Seahawks rate the quarterbacks?
2: <laughs> no idea, but um I, I not think... the Seahawks, I think this
3: is a you gotta be specific here because i I don't know if I'd answer the same way if you said Seahawks or Pete or yeah, like but I think John, yeah, gets excited for the for the big boys, <laughs> okay, that's why I took Russell I'll go... That's the weird thing, though. Like, yeah, but but he uh, let himself be bullied by Pete into waiting until the third round. So didn't love him that much.
2: And Andy Dalton, he got bullied by Pete. Yeah. 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 All right,
1: uh, Jeff, how about you?
2: I'll go Stroud, Richardson, Young, Levis.
1: Yeah. I I think it's – I think this is a great question, by the way. I I think it is – I think it is Stroud – I think it might be Stroud, Levis, Young, Richardson.
2: That's that's scary.
3: That's how I think. But uh, so, okay, so Russ is is a very short man. We all know, but absolute cannon for an arm athlete, right? Like those two are still true. Like he he liked uh, Charlie Whitehurst, who had a big arm, big big QB he wanted mahomes he wanted uh josh allen like i i i kind of think young for a couple reasons has got to be the at least the last like whatever you want to do with the other ones especially Levis and uh richardson i don't know how he might split those and maybe he just thinks Stroud is just an overall better package better player polish and all yeah. that but like yeah, I think I think John pretty clearly has a general type here at quarterback.
1: I think it's a, it's a fair point. I I'm putting some weight on the fact that I think they've learned very clearly and valued differently now, uh quarterback's ability to process what's going on and and actually be an X's and O's person. And people talk about precision and accuracy, and I think that stuff's fine. But I, I'm talking about like actually mastering the position and being a leader on the field for where to go and and to run the offense. And so Anthony Richardson for me I think is 4 out of 4 in that category. I, like I haven't seen any evidence of of him being someone who's like clearly ready to process the position well. Um Levis to me is more like the athlete that fits the category you're talking about where I think he's actually shown some of those things and he's He's demonstrated more of it on the field. So I think Levis gets a little bit discounted from an athletic position situation because Richardson is such an outlier. But this is all conjecture. I have no I have no real idea. That's just my guess. Maybe
2: that's what you ask.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. Um, Nick S. asks, Jeff, are there any players in this draft that you've recently become really high on? maybe players that you didn't like to
2: start with, but now you've gotten excited about. I don't want to say this guy's last name, but you brought him up a couple of times that Thule from USC.
1: Oh, how do you say Tule, his last Tule, name? Uh, Poto? I, I don't have his front in front of me, but yes, I know who you're talking about.
2: Yeah. He was a guy like I didn't spend a lot of time on. I was trying to find the edge rushers and defensive tackles. And the more I've kind of dove into him and I've learned a lot him, He's a really interesting guy to I me. Mean, he's a guy apparently with like an amazing football character. Brock Heward was actually telling a story. He does these on the radio where he was doing like a coach's meeting, and the co- a defensive coordinator at USC stopped the meeting to just show them the stuff Thule was doing it in practice, and they had film. and Brock said like nobody does that on those pre like production meetings. So, and like the, the Seahawks do need those three, four end types. And I think he's a really interesting player because he can rush the passer too. And I think he's, he's got upside in that sense. So he's a guy I never, I didn't really focus on because I was kind of finding either the pass rushing ends, like Felix and Ojulari are really interesting guys that I know Nathan and Derek liked. That I've kind of started diving into a little more. But Tuli in that 3 4 end is a guy that's kind of jumped out and I kind of like him.
1: Tuli Tuli Pulotu is who you're talking about from USC. I think that's a great one, uh, Nathan. This is wait, from. Wait, wait.
3: I want to. I want to address the chat for a minute here. Oh yeah, what's going I got on? People, people in here are saying that there's no way that John likes. Uh, if you look at like completion percentage, or he doesn't like a guy that went nine for twenty-seven in his last game. <laughs> John Schneider tried to trade the greatest player in Seahawks history, Russell Wilson, for the number one pick to go get Josh Allen. So he, or oh no, that was Baker actually, wasn't it? Was it Baker that he wanted?
2: What no, he wanted Josh? Josh Allen. It was exactly. Josh Allen. Okay.
3: All right. Yeah, it was Josh All right. Allen. Josh Allen completed 56% of his passes for 1,800 yards in his senior year at Wyoming. Do not tell me <laughs> that John Schneider <laughs> is scared of Anthony Richardson's completion percentage. Like, let's, can we just chill, guys? Like, come yeah, on. one of the least accurate <laughs> prospects we've ever seen. He he traded the equivalent of a second round pick to go get Charlie Whitehurst. Don't tell me what, Char- what John Schneider does or doesn't like on a quarterback. Yeah.
0: Drew Lock,
2: yeah. yeah. Drew
1: Lock like, is, is John Schneider is, is smitten. There's no let's, doubt.
3: Let's take a minute to think about what John Schneider likes. I think I think he's pretty flexible.
1: Uh, all the more reason to just not do quarterback, guys. Don't do it, don't do it. I'm putting that out there. So uh Brendan Light's asks Nathan, uh, with the number 20 pick, would you rather a five technique like, uh, Adi, uh, at a Northwestern or an edge like Will McDonald? Which, with which pick the 20th pick? Uh,
3: I mean, I hate, I, I always just equivocate on all these questions, but like, it depends on what they did at five, right? If they drafted Will Anderson. Give me Ade. If they drafted Jalen Carter, give me McDonald, right? Um, if they didn't draft either, I probably prefer. I mean, that's tough. I think I would do Ade, but I like I like McDonald a lot too. So I wouldn't be sad either way there.
1: I'd be pretty bummed if they are picking Atabawari at 20. That is way too rich for me. I think the guy is a combine. I know that you were just answering the question. So this isn't a response to you. I'm just responding yeah. to this, to the proposed candidate here. I don't want to see his name called until the second round, if at all. Um, he's he's a workout warrior who has limited impact on the field. I think he has potential and is exciting and interesting, but he's like a tertiary or worse option for me. If they're picking his name, I'm, I, I'm pretty, especially if it's a 20, I'm like not, I'm sweating. I'm not liking that.
3: No, I mean, I don't really think of either of those guys at 20. But if I'm going to do it, I would probably just swing with the upside that Ade has. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much question that McDonald's is a better player. McDonald's is a better player. I just don't know that he has quite the same.
1: Well that was my like yeah. I attempted to some spicy takes last night and every spicy take I threw out there everyone's was like that's not spicy I totally agree. I've, I, when I try to be like chalk and nice people are like what the hell are you talking about and they argue with me and then I put out these things that I think are against what people think. But like Will McDonald I've like he's a guy that's grown on me a lot and to me, after Will Anderson, it goes Will McDonald at the edge. Like, and I don't. I think there's a drop off after that. So, like, I, I see that he's too lean. That's J- Jaden and, and Chad about that. I know how small he is. I, I think that guy can put on weight. I think he actually, if you look at the tape, they played him inside at two thirty five. He was taking on guards, and he did pretty well. And he's tough, and he plays the run pretty well. Like, I'm. I would take him over Tyree Wilson. And I Ooh, wouldn't really like, I, I'm putting that out there and like, oh, I, don't, I don't think that's that spicy. Like that's spicy. I think that's reasonably spicy. I, I think he's going to be a better player than Tyree Wilson. Ade is a better player than Nolan Smith. I'm not talking like, oh, wait, is that, are you, talking Nolan, are you talking no, about Are I'm Smith? talking about Will McDonald.
3: Oh, Will McDonald. Oh, 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 sorry. I read something about Nolan Smith in the chat. Yes. Not talking about Nolan Smith. Yes. He okay.
1: is much more a, a roll of the dice.
3: I like I like I like uh, McDonald a lot. He's a good player. Yeah. Wendy yeah.
1: too. Yeah. Cool. Uh all right, Jeff. Uh okay. Jonathan lelay asked a question related to others. How much money is our crew willing to bet that the Seahawks don't take a quarterback at five? How much money? My money or someone else's? Your money. Your money. I will my I will money. add to this pot. I, if you're willing to bet, if you don't want to bet, then you say zero, but I will tell, I will put some money uh, on this. I'd probably bet like two grand, two grand. Yeah. Jesus, dude. I was thinking like, I think like a
2: hundred bucks. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not buying the quarterback. Wow. Is that real? Yeah. I think like, I'd be that comfortable. I, I don't, I'm not buying it. I think.
3: Okay, Man, I, I want to see. Uh, we need to have Jeff on camera when
2: uh, <laughs> dude, Anderson and
3: Carter are both gone, dude. So- and you have to sweat out whether Schneider is going to take Richardson
2: oh, or Levitt. Yeah.
3: Here's what I want to do,
1: though. So I want I'm going to give you the chance to rethink because you may not know what you're signing up for. What I'd like us to do is come up with each of our numbers, and this is the amount that we will donate to a charity of our choosing if they don't pick a quarterback. And you can say zero, it doesn't make you a bad person. If you don't think it's gonna happen, that no, it doesn't. Then I want to put it that number out. And okay. in order for this bet to happen, there has to be another side. So Jonathan Lilay and anyone else on the on on Real Hawk Talk uh, Slack. If you want to put up money that they will draft a quarterback, we will have money going to charity either way. So i would say like if i'm willing to put money that they will not draft a quarterback
2: okay so let's my my fiance would kill me if i put up two grand i was gonna say dude you got a wedding coming up let's think about that there goes my next trip to seattle so (laughs) yeah um let's go let's go 200 200 bucks yeah
1: okay i will i will put up 500 um uh which mainly just to indicate how certain I am that they're not going to draft a quarterback. Nathan, where are you on this? Are you going to come down on the putting money that they won't or that they
3: will? I'm still queasy from Jeff just casually saying two grand. I was like, like, whoa. Yeah. Remind me never go to Vegas with Jeff. (laughs) uh,
0: (laughs) Terrible idea. (laughs) Terrible idea.
3: That was Um, cold-blooded. I will go... I'll go 200 bucks that they don't draft a
1: quarterback. Okay. So I love that. That gets us to 900 bucks that they will not draft a quarterback. This is on video. We will see if anyone else on the real Hawk talk crew wants to join in on this bet. And then we will follow up in Slack. The only way, just to be clear, the only way that this is a real bet is if there's someone on the other side that will donate. If, they do draft a quarterback, okay? So got to be on Real Hawk Talk Slack to participate in this bet and get bragging rights that you will continually be able to r- return to. Um, okay. Oh, More questions. I'm going to come, come for a couple more guys, and then I have a couple questions for you as well. I think I'm back to Nathan. Forgive me if I'm wrong there, but this is Perry. Uh, what position do you think we'll draft first, a wide receiver or running back? Uh was so hard for Nathan. I loved asking him this question.
3: I, th- I do think it'll be a receiver.
1: I do too. Yeah. Jeff, Jason Keffer, which of the following players are still with the team in 2024? Okay. Not this coming season, but the next year. Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, Tyler Lockett, Geno Smith, Will Disley. Which of those are still on the team in 2024?
2: Chino, Lockett, and Quandre.
1: Mm, Interesting. Okay.
2: Uh, There's
3: an important clarifying question in the chat. Uh, Our bet, is that for drafting a QB at five or the first or at all? Yes,
1: this is at five. 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 Okay. This is at five.
3: I didn't actually catch that either. I should probably know what I'm doing before i just throw 200 on a bet but
1: i i respect it you know it's going to a good place um cool uh we're gonna do rapid fire here nathan braxton asks, what's the worst move not or non-move that seattle's front office has made during this particular
3: offseason mm. um bobby wagner is probably the worst move such a troll
1: i know you're serious too i know you're yeah. serious. okay i'm not gonna argue with you about it uh <laughs> jeff max bright asks uh bright barth i should say asks which current players in the defensive line are you most excited about for 2023 i think he means that are on the roster
2: on the defensive does that include like the linebackers the edge guys uh no God, Jermon Jones is the only one. Yeah. Jermon <laughs> I think Jones is like great. actually an ascending good player. He's just, it's not a great player, but I'm excited to see them have a good pass rushing three technique. They haven't had that in a while. And Shelby Harris was fine. He did some nice things. But like Jermon Jones is like an ascending good player. And Jaron Re- Reed or Miles Adams. Not
1: Jaron Reed. Yeah. Nathan Brian Reed. coming
2: off an ACL. I'm thrilled. No. Uh,
1: no. Matt D asks, uh, Nathan, which returning Seahawks player do you think will exceed expectations in 2023?
3: Geno Smith.
1: I love that. I'm with you. All right. Um, okay. I love this question from Gargom. I also love that name, Gargom. Um, Jeff, what position... Or positions would you like the Seahawks to double up on
2: in this draft? Defensive interior defensive line. And interior offensive line. Yes, correct. <laughs> center down, so it's... <laughs> okay.
1: Thank you for all the patron questions. I know we didn't get to all of them. Those were fantastic questions. Uh, you can also ask us questions at patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up right now. Get immediate access to the Slack channel. And you too can ask us questions that we will try to answer next week on the pod. Because I also contribute in all sorts of ways. I get to ask whatever questions I want all the time. It's a lot of fun. It's what I one of the things I love about this job. So um, Or non-job as the case may be. Guys, there's a scenario. There's a couple scenarios we haven't really talked about because I don't think we really necessarily want to talk about them. But I want to know. Everyone's assuming, right? The assumption right now is that Will Anderson is the only defensive player that could be likely, maybe Tyree Wilson, but like essentially we're thinking that one defensive player will be picked before the Seahawks, right, in the top four picks. In a scenario where Will Anderson and Jalen Carter both go in the top four picks. And and I'm adding this other caveat because I don't want this simple to draft a quarterback. And let's say the Seahawks do not want to draft a quarterback. We just bet $900 that they're not going to draft a quarterback at number five. What do they do? Jeff, I'm coming to you first.
2: I think they trade out of I think they trade out of five. I think they could go to seven. I think they can go to nine. Um Philly could move up. I think for them to stay at five, it's gotta be one of Carter or Anderson. Unless I'm just misreading this Tyree Wilson thing completely. But I think they move down somewhere at the bottom of the top ten and they take a different defensive lineman that we'll all probably be annoyed by.
3: Nathan. Yeah, I, I think that's probably right. Um, yeah, I, I think that they they trade down uh, for sure, and it'd be interesting to see what they can manage to get at that point when teams know that they probably don't want to be there at all. But, I mean, you know, they've spent a lot of this offseason – trying to put a lot of legitimacy behind the idea that they don't want a quarterback or they do want they, they could want a quarterback. I mean, um, well, so. if
1: they, to your point though, if two quarterbacks end up available there, instead yeah. of one, the potential becomes less about, well, do we think the Seahawks are going to trade for him or, or pick him? It's more about, are there multiple teams trying to get up to get that player? And then you could potentially get additional capital. So If that happened, I don't think it's likely. If that happened, that would be that would probably be the most likely thing that they would do. Question of the week, almost every week leading up to this draft, and I I think I know both of your answers for this, but most assuming Willie Anderson goes before the Seahawks pick, which still seems likely. Assuming that the other three picks are quarterbacks where are you on jalen carter is this an easy hand in the card are you are you thinking about something else is it like you you're in that position 10 times how many times are you picking jalen carter
3: somebody has to really blow me away with an offer at that point i think um like like the, the Raiders offering, you know, next year's first or the Falcons doing something like that, where you can legitimately think, I, I will be I will get a top ten pick this year for you know and next year. Um the only thing that concerns me with Carter is the, the workout, like the legal stuff seems to be resolved, and from like a, a moral perspective, too, like a lot of the stuff that looked really kind of gross for him seemed to have been cleared up and he probably didn't do anything especially egregiously terrible there Um, as awful as that situation was. Uh, So, and and I think, I think a lot of the criticism of his play and his time at Georgia is pretty silly. Honestly, I don't think there's anything to it. Um, He did everything he was asked for. He was not put in a position to rack up stats or, you know, inflate his, uh his draft stock like he was asked to do dirty work um and was still an incredibly productive disruptive uh impactful player for for years like this is a guy that in the last draft we were saying that if he could if he came out um he would have been the first georgia defensive player taken uh and and i don't think he did anything last year to change your mind on that um so you know the only concerning thing is that he had a really 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 terrible workout and it was a really important workout and even with all the other stuff going on on his life at the time which you can kind of you know say hey kind of obvious that he might not have been super into it Mm -hmm. like it it was a really really important workout for him yeah um but i i'm just gonna i i would bet that the Seahawks and all the NFL teams have a lot of information on him from Georgia from the staff and everyone there and I'm gonna guess it's all pretty pretty raving um so I I'm not scared of taking Carter at five at all I'm I'm less sure of it than I was but I'm not scared of it
1: Jeff are you you getting more confident that that's the right pick are you still are you getting less confident you the same where are you trending
2: I have a hard one a hard time with this one it's because on the field, it's if you're purely judging it on the field, to me, I agree with a lot of what Nathan said in terms of just like a lot of the on field concerns where he, like snap count and his conditioning, that doesn't bother me as much because they had a rotation there of Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis and him. He hasn't really been built up into a guy who's been playing like that. But to me, the questions are all, all to me, that's all off field. And the more I've kind of dug into this, I've heard just a lot of things about like their concerns about kind of like kind of people he hangs around with the family's concerns um how much does he care about football how much things like that where i don't have the complete picture i don't i don't feel comfortable judging someone so if they c- feel comfortable enough to pick him, i'm all in i'm totally confident with that because i think the on-field stuff is great and hand in glove he's exactly what this team needs we've been saying it for years not only just because they don't have the body to interior defensive line just they kind of disrupt or pair him and draymond jones that becomes a totally position of strength that they just didn't have anything close to last year. So I'm getting, I'm still, it's hard for me to get away from that because all the concerns are just questions I don't have the answers to. So it all comes down to their off field evaluation. I feel wrong just saying like, there's no way I want this guy. I don't have those answers. And, I yeah. can dig around, but the more you talk to your talk to his teammates, you'll probably hear how great of a guy he is. You talk to certain people, you might hear differently. So to me, it's all about their character off field evaluation because there are stories going around whether Todd McShay or just talking about there were like he called it like there was a day at Georgia where they didn't know when, when, like if he was and it's just so different to the kind of guys that Seahawks have had success with, like Sherman, how they were wired and how much they loved football and Doug and all these guys, but God, his talent is so good, and he's the best. I think he's the best player in this draft in terms of just film. So yeah. if they draft him, I'm all in. I'm comfortable with it. I just don't see the great alternative there. If there's no Carter, no Anderson, like you really want Lucas Van Ness at nine, and there, there's your first round pick from Denver. Like, ugh.
1: yeah. Here's the thing for me, fellas. I am at the point where it is very clear he's the pick at five. If that's the way the draft falls. And I think it's because there's no other player that you could have in, in this scenario that we're talking about that has the upside potential, uh, you know, again, I, I think that folks can argue about Anthony Richardson and I, I totally get that and understand why people have that point of view, but he, Jalen Carter has massive, massive upside. That's just clear that no one's arguing that and he also has just real bust potential. Like he has the potential to be, you know, out of the league in a few years because he's not motivated or he's not in shape or whatever else that's totally possible. And Jeff, I don't know if you heard this, but I was listening to Brady Henderson on one podcast. I think it was with Mitchell Levy potentially, but he was talking about that. He's seen with the Seahawks. He wouldn't be a player top 30 visits where players top 30 visits have not like made them as far as picks that they would take, but he has seen situations where it is eliminated players. And he talked about a defensive player that came to the VMAC and was like on his phone, low energy, not super into the, what was going on. And he was off their board. He was going to be like an early round pick and was just off their board. And what he did at that, workout is so antithetical to the way that they value players one of my bigger fears is not that they take jalen carter at five but that they pass on him because he doesn't meet their bar which i think is a legitimate thing to be concerned about and we end up watching him go to another team and figure it out while we're stuck with tyree wilson or van ness or or one of these other things that i just don't see real like star potential in and and so that's that's a concern i have about a scenario that could really be developing it's very realistic very realistic with this team um i heard uh, something positive like really really positive to counteract what happened in that workout
2: yeah, I heard an XGM the other day, uh, he was on a podcast, I can't remember who it was, it was either Rick Spielman or something like that, said they still lose sleep because they passed on Warren Sapp for the same kind of things. it was off the field, a lot of it, back then it was a lot of like marijuana issue, and obviously that was looked at so differently in the mid-90s than it is now, but it haunts you, and it's the kind of thing, like, you can or, like, Laramie Tunsell fell the 13th because of that stupid gas mask bong. I'm like, how fucking stupid was that in hindsight? That's one of the best, highest-paid player in the league, as position. And like, that has to haunt all these teams. And Warren Sapp is a guy. Who fell, And then Randy Moss fell in the draft of the same. He's troubled off the field. First ballot off the best receiver of his generation, probably. It's like, yeah, for that, that's a lot of validity to that. Yeah, and,
3: and, you know, I'm sure there are people in the chat that are like thinking of all the examples, the other ways of guys that, you know, had these red flags and flamed out. But to me, like, there just isn't anyone else close. Like, if you're choosing between Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, you know, three months ago, I would have given you a different answer. I would have said Carter. But today it's Anderson because I think there's enough questions. But if you're not choosing between those two, I there's just no one else that's close enough to get me to scare me away from taking the chance.
1: I have one more question for you guys. Am, am I keeping you too late? You you still got a little more time? You good? Nope. All right. Let's assume for a situation one of the popular rumors going on is the Titans are going to trade into the third pick and, and they're doing it because there's a quarterback. They, they want to move on from what they've had in Tannehill and upgrade. So let's assume it goes chalk with first and second pick two quarterbacks go third pick another quarterback goes and indy is is sitting there at four how confident are you that indy just takes the fourth quarterback like give me a percentage chance that are we in that situation thinking oh will anderson is definitely going to follow us or are we thinking what
3: I got smacked by Jeff in the group chat a couple months ago for insinuating that Indy might go any other direction than a quarterback. So I have been chastised and I will be a hundred percent confident that we are getting Will Anderson. Back
1: <laughs> no, I want you to get chastised again. Come on. No, no. I
2: learned my lesson. Jeff. My neurotic tendencies make me very scared about that situation. But like, if you heard Jim or talk at the owner's meetings when like, like Lamar Jackson, situation was coming up. He had every reason to just like talk about Lamar. He was just talking about how bad they need to trap the quarterback. And it's one of the things in sports. I think if, if it was just a normal general manager and a normal, and there was no owner or a hands-off owner, I think it's probably like 50, 50, 60%. They take Will Anderson. But like, it's a weird situation there where like Chris Ballard's missed on quarterbacks like the last, since Andrew Lux retired, they've cycled through. I think they're on their, like, their eighth or ninth starting quarterback. And this guy's about to get fired if he doesn't get a quarterback right. So unless they love Henn and Hooker, and he's willing to bet his job security on Henn and Hooker, it's just a unique situation where they have they they went Matt Ryan, Wentz. They all flamed out. They, and Grimorce was furious that they traded for Wentz, and he forced them out. And now they got this top five pick because of the whole Jeff Saturday tank thing. <laughs> like they're going to have to lock them like in the other room, like to get, not have them force the quarterback there. So I'm pretty confident the Colts would take a quarterback, but like at the, if that moment's going on, I'm going to be sweating like crazy. I'm going to be sweating that out.
1: Here's so. the thing, boys. My confidence is less than 50% that they go quarterback. Here's what I think happens in that situation. I think one, they will try to see if Seattle okay. wants to trade up. And I think it's a legitimate question for us about whether Seattle would and should consider moving up one spot and potentially giving up one of their second round picks to do it. Like that's a real, that would be like probably the price. That's something that they would ask. And if Seattle's not interested in doing that, you don't think that the lions or one of the teams right behind the Seahawks, like a couple picks, the Lions, especially, might be interested in trading up to three and then they fall back to six. And they still get their quarterback because Seattle's not gonna pick them. And they get more picks as a result. Like there's almost every like I want to believe that they're gonna just go Levis no matter what, if that's the
3: fourth quarterback. The one thing that would have to scare the Colts if they did try that trade back to from four to six is Seattle can get on the phone with uh the Raiders. And and then that then that jacks like if they are if they have a directive to get a QB, that puts them at serious risk. Uh and, yeah. and that would actually be a pretty s- sweet scenario for Seattle, I think, because you'd think the Raiders would be pretty incentivized at that point.
2: Yeah. And the Colts were the real big losers of that Carolina move up because the Colts were really positioned. Everyone thought they were going to be the team to jump to one. And they were just going from four to one. So it wouldn't have cost nearly as much. And Carolina jump with them. And basically, if Houston does take a quarterback, that meant at best they're getting their third guy and, or the third best quarterback by most consensus boards. So another jump up somewhere or like them moving back down, like Nathan said, like they've already been the losers of this kind of offseason now where the only thing they've done is add Gardner and Minshew. And if they don't get one of these four guys – You got to trade up from probably thirty-five to get and Hooker, and that's a hard thing to sell your fan base when you just whiffed on Wentz and you whiffed on uh, Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers played one year, like, and that owner's he's he's heavy-handed. Well, here's the thing:
1: I think that they're also in a really difficult position. Everyone's like, "Oh, they'll trade up to the Cardinals because they don't have to trade much to get up to the." If I'm the Cardinals, I'm not looking to trade down one spot and just get a little bit like I'm looking for a haul. And if someone else is offering me a haul and moving back to like six, seven, eight. I'm way more interested in that. And so you're going to have to probably give up similar amounts just to move up one spot. Like, I think you're going to give up a premium to move up one spot. I don't know if they're going to want to do it. I don't know if the Cardinals would be happy enough with what they're offering. And it has to be that the Cardinals really just want Willie Anderson and want to stick there and get him. So I think there's a decent shot that that Cardinals pick goes to someone other than the, the Colts and that they are going to be in this position of four out of four. Um, unless they can convince, you know, a Houston to switch with them or something like that. Division, and, and I,
2: like you don't see teams give up.
1: I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. So, so like, I think the Colts are in a tough spot. I hope to God they're stupid and just take whatever quarterbacks there. That would be great. But it's uh it's a scenario, man. It's going to be so fascinating that night for sure. I can't wait all right um i know it's late i'm gonna do a mock draft anyone that wants to stick around feel free to do that if either of you guys need to drop feel free to do that i'm gonna do a three round mock would
3: love to have your perspectives on that while you're getting that fired up there are a few people in the chat talking about uh Jalen carter's snap count yeah uh, which is i don't it doesn't concern me at all so two years ago uh Carter had 20 fewer snaps than Devontae Wyatt and 20 more snaps than Jordan Davis. Um, so he didn't have 400 snaps. He's, he's only had uh, he's never hit 400 snaps in a season with Georgia. Uh, but like the way that Georgia is playing these guys is like, that's not a thing really. That's not a concern. And you can say, Oh, well this year their defense is not a stack and he only played 300 snaps. Well, Yes, he also missed 3 games cuz he was hurt. Um and he was still just uh 40 snaps behind uh Michael Williams number 2. Um and and the number 1 guy on the Georgia defensive line, this Stackhouse played 419 snaps again just like, you know, 20 more um than Carter played last year. So this idea that like he can't stay on the f- the field, he doesn't he he doesn't play many snaps in a game. I mean, defensive linemen rotate a lot. Georgia especially rotates their defensive linemen a lot. Um, Now he had a crappy workout that he couldn't finish. And that certainly like plays up that concern for sure. But I just don't think, you know, it's that big a deal. I may have said Carter's Snapchat. Uh, I wouldn't know anything about that.
1: Ooh, okay, love that. I'm going to, for the sake of doing something different, we are going to move the Titans into the Cardinal spot for this draft. Okay. Um. So, wait, where is it that I can? I know You're I can cannot...
2: drag and drop. Yeah.
1: I thought I could. Hold on. Uh, why is it not moving? Let me refresh.
2: Maybe if I select all the teams. There's usually
1: like some place where I can say edit order. Maybe it's not going to let me do this.
2: Go to see where that little toggle is where it says select all. let see if you can move it there. No,
1: no, that's, that's, that's who I'm picking. Um, it usually is somewhere right around here. Darn it. Well, let's teams are listed with the first pick does not seem to let me change it. Okay. Well, we will pick the Seahawks. And we will enter the draft and we'll just go. Okay. Um, too bad. So what we could do, we'll, we'll try to actually control this here and I'll make some changes here. All right. So Panthers are on the clock. They pick Bryce Young. Texans are on the clock. They're going to let them pick. They pick CJ Stroud. Okay. I don't think I can control. Dang it. Damn. Uh, all right, we'll just let it go. Um. Actually, we're I'm I'm too I'm too uh I'm too stubborn. We're gonna do this. Hold on. We're gonna control both of the, the Titans and the Cardinals.
2: There you go, that's the loophole.
1: And we're gonna make this trade, okay? So here we go again. Boom. boom. Oh, a little bit different. Anthony Richardson goes. Now we are going to. What's that? Now they're definitely trading that. Yes. So now Titans are offering the 11th pick round one next year. I don't even care what they offer. Sure. Fine. Um, that's done. All right. So then draft a player. We're going to give them CJ Stroud in this. Okay. Yep. So now the Colts are on the clock. And the Colts take time. <laughs> 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 no way. You broke the algorithm. No way. But the point is they didn't take Will Levis, did they? Nope. would so, I mean,
2: probably take him and they could have taken Tyree, so it's the same thing.
1: Okay, but what are we doing here, guys? We think we I think we all just agreed, right? Will Anderson. Yes? Yeah, I think you have to. All right. So we've got Will Anderson. Gonna go through this. We're gonna move this a little faster yeah. now. Oh, and the Cardinals are on the clock. Uh we'll just Take quite a job. Yeah, why not? Whatever. They've probably traded DeAndre Hopkins by now.
2: Do we uh, lose Brian? We lost Brian. <laughs> Steelers. Steelers broke Brian again. Again?
3: Oh, yeah, I guess that's probably true. Oh.
2: Let's make some good content. Uh, damn. So, Jeff, if you're the Steelers here, who are you taking? <laughs> I can't see the board.
3: <laughs> Nolan uh, Smith
2: at 15 would be an upset, I think. Uh, Brian's texting me. His power went out. He's restarting. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, there, are you at 20? Are you looking defensive tackle to pair with Anderson? Or are you looking – Receiver. This is I where Jason tricky.
3: and Quentin Johnson are both gone, so receiver yeah, so. doesn't feel very good.
2: Mm-hmm. And you're not taking Will McDonald because you got Anderson already. It's see there. he will probably be there. I know Brian's got a got a hard on for him.
3: Yeah, <laughs> um, but like he is not a guy that solves your nose problem.
2: No, you're kind of small if you take Anderson and Cancy.
3: Yeah. Well, Anderson would play outside linebacker and Cancy would play end,
2: right? Play yeah so play Yeah. Yeah. Brian will bring up the board. We're going to have to do that all over again. But that's why uh, the Carter thing works so well. It really opens up the rest of the draft. Carter? Yeah, I think that's the best part of Carter. I think you take him at five. You just have... Your optionality at 20 is way better. And you don't feel like defensive tackle is not being addressed because you've really turned it into a position of strength, and you can still add that nose later. And I think it does create yeah. a better scenario at 20 and even 37.
3: Yeah, because Kansi at 20 feels a little like I don't know for sure he'll be there. So if you get Anderson at five and you wanna like again, I don't think any of the nose tackles feel good at 20. No, it feels like a reach. Can't see wood, but I mean, I don't know. Not that Carter solves your your nose tech problem either. Although, I mean, he can two gap and stuff. So, like, I don't think you want to play nose.
2: No, but at least you have some numbers on the interior defensive line. Yeah. Then you can add, then you can maybe add Woods in or another pick later. And just the group just feels so much better. 20, you can look at Ogilari, you can look at Felix, or hope one of those guys makes it to 37.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, here
2: we go. I don't know. I'm here. Okay.
1: Sorry, boys. My power went out with no warning. Uh so we're trying so to we get that right too. The uh the uh draft got restarted, so we will try this one more time. It's possible my computer will decide that it can't handle it anyway, but let's try this. Okay, we're gonna have to do this one more time. Cardinals, Seahawks, Titans. We'll go two rounds just to be aggressive here. We're going to move fast. Bryce Young and CJ Stroud now have gone. We're going to trade with the Titans. Am I missing the Titans?
2: Did we lose Brian again? (laughs) I have to say it. No, we lost him again. This this is going to be our best show. (laughs) They really don't like this Titans Cardinals trade. He just texted me. He's switching computers. (laughs) Uh, Maybe that's the thing. We need John Schneider's internet (laughs) working on draft day. But there was uh,
3: that year. I mean the the COVID year, right? He was everyone was drafting from home. Yeah, Belichick yeah. was letting his dog draft.
2: Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, hopefully wherever the <laughs> they're drafting from, they have good internet. I've been I've been victim of bad internet too many times on this show. So now that it's happening to you, it's happening to Brian. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's bizarre world now. But yeah, I guess we'll try to get this mock going. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for everyone for sticking with us. Uh it's been a, it's almost two, we're almost at two hours tonight. We're trying to get this mock draft done. Everyone loves the mock drafts, but Brian's going into a computer. He had a power outage. And every time he tries to act like the Cardinals, is something happens in his house. That's... oh man
3: uh the truth as i know it in the chat uh I tried to make a comment about al woods uh but for but there was a typo and said awoos <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know why that's really funny to
1: me. that's awesome aw-oos.
2: <laughs> that's a much better name yeah,
1: yeah I okay. my god guys can
3: anybody have a worse situation on uh the are you sure you should be we've had Betting no, like, five hundred bucks on what Seattle will draft when you apparently can't pay your energy bills.
1: <laughs> you know what happened is my I have my personal MacBook and then my work one, and the personal one it just was running down on batteries, and apparently like oh well, it doesn't even matter, but but Mac needs to do something about the fact that you can plug your power into one of its peripherals and it's not actually charging. And yeah.
2: It's just, uh, but every time you try to act like the Cardinals, uh, your something blows up in your head.
1: Yeah. So this this computer. Uh-huh. This computer is fully charged. This will not happen. I am confident we are going to get through this one. I promise. And if I don't, if we don't get through it, I will double my bet on the Seahawks. You'll, you'll cover mine. Okay. So let's do this one more time. We will get through this. I promise. Titans. Let's go. Start. We get to the Cardinals. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud are gone. We are going to trade with the. Where are the Titans?
3: This is deja vu. Oh, no. Oh, my God. He's gone. No, he's not. Okay. I'm here. Not I'm here. here.
1: Not <laughs> it's not even giving us the Titans as an option, which I don't get. Let's um, – what's
3: another team that would trade
1: Wait.
2: Up? All right.
3: um, Your team? Are you sure – should you like – are you on the wrong drop down? is not another drop
2: down. It's not a team to trade with.
1: Right, this the your team is Arizona. It should be showing up here. It's not. So or let's pick can, another team that would pick to draft
2: a sure. quarterback. How
1: about or, like the Commanders?
2: Well, why don't we just draft a quarterback for Arizona
1: and pretend? Fine, good enough. That's a good good way to do it. Well, we'll pretend that they are, um, the, Titans. Yeah, are they, the Titans. they taking Anthony Richardson. Yeah, right. Love that. Good solution. Okay, there it is, and there is what we were just talking about. So, are we handing in the card for Jalen Carter?
2: Yeah. Well, uh, Nathan's hesitating. We move, we
1: yeah, so I, I I'm handing in the card for Jalen Carter. Mean, what are you doing? Yeah.
2: Carter at six, I feel pretty stupid.
1: Yeah, yeah. They are very likely to do that. Yeah. Although, isn't their uh, secondary, like, god-awful? They made a lot of moves in the offseason. Yeah. All right, Carter it is. Uh, Tennessee, whatever. They're taking
3: Quentin Johnston. I don't even know. All right. So now we are at 20. This um, is so funny because while you were uh, gone, we were talking about how, you know, Carter makes things so much easier because if you take Anderson at five and you're kind of in a weird spot where you're like, if you want another defensive lineman, you're just hoping that Kansi gets there. In this case, we got Carter. And Cancy is sitting here. Right. So that's unfortunate.
1: Are you interested in Cancy, Nathan?
3: I, I don't I don't hate it at twenty. I don't love him, but like I get the like he's a guy that I would not personally want to bet on, but right you know, when he turns out to be awesome, I'm not gonna be surprised.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. That all makes sense. Um, I wasn't sure if you were like short arm off my list kind of guy.
3: I mean, there that is that is a, a he is so short armed. He's insane. got
1: really short arms, dude. Yeah. Like they're kind of yeah. like just hands pretty, attached to his shoulders. He just has pretty little matched. flippers. <laughs> he's, just, he's just, yeah. That should be his nickname <laughs> is like the walrus or something. Little I don't flippers. Know. That should be his nickname. Uh, <laughs> so, what do they do here, guys? We now have information, historical information. They've drafted. Do they like, I will tell you, I'm more like, it's 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 these three actually right in a row so do you draft here and you
2: move down
3: i mean that's really probably the thing that john does here but like yeah i mean the 20th pick is really just you know it it says everything about the person making the pick right and so yeah. i think like if we put a poll up we would get a split among like 10 different players probably Let's figure out, let's do this based on what do we think the Seahawks will do? Not who we want. Who
1: do we think the Seahawks would pick? If they have picked Jalen Carter, let's assume for a second that that's, we've just made that decision for them. Who do they pick here?
3: I do think I, I am a little stuck on the idea of taking a tight end and trading Noah Fant. And using that cap space on a nose tackle. you think that that's the most likely thing that they would do? I think the most likely thing that they will do is probably trade down. Yes.
1: So, um, yeah. Let's do that. Let's take a look at the trade offers. I think that's most likely in this situation. Fine. The guy I
2: wanted the most was Mayer. But I think that's probably the scenario I would have picked them the least to do.
1: Okay. Actually, I think this is an interesting one we haven't looked at yet. Like, can you get 28 and 60 for...
3: Yeah. PFF thinks so seems steep. i don't think you actually it's eight picks yeah i don't know would you do that trade yeah
2: yeah me
1: jeff so. yeah yeah all right let's just do it even though we could probably get more let's try to keep it a little bit realistic
3: all right so they hit is that what they did they took oh, Deontay banks cornerback did go right before it or something i thought bijan
2: yeah
3: uh bijan went in 19 oh uh, okay so Mayor's
1: gone. Zay Flowers is gone. Um, Kansi's still there, Will McDonald's there. I'll tell you guys, I think that Will McDonald's is a Seahawk here. Not just because I really like him. I think if they went defensive tackle in that first pick and they've got an edge guy sitting here, edge is the position that they've spent more draft capital on than any other position. We can debate which edge, but I would I would guess that this would be an edge in this situation. I don't hate it. I mean, I do like Ojolari better. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. Jeff, do, uh, you, have a, do you have any strong preference between these two
2: guys? No, I like a, I like Ojolari quite a bit, but I think McDonald's like juice off the edge. They'd want to pair with Carter. 6'2",
1: 248. And for the people that like to know how just how light Will McDonald is, 6'3", 239. So he's basically four years older right yeah 20 that's that's one of the things with with mcdonald he's definitely older um yeah. from Not a, that the
3: seahawks have ever cared about
1: that no
2: yeah <laughs> they had that 25 year old guy in the other game. so
1: yeah uh okay do you guys have a preference of what you think what do you think is, is more hockey, mcdonald or uh, Ojulari? mcdonald mcdonald all right mcdonald it is all right, we don't care. We're gonna take uh, a tackle, Anton Harrison, sure. Um all right. So we have our edge and we have our interior.
3: Um But this is why this is why I don't like taking an edge there, actually. No, so then, is, yeah. yeah, I mean now again, you can get it's easy to fall into a trap here and think that PFF is like this is real right? like like uh, if if Ojalari, mcdonald and felix all go in the first round i won't be surprised um and same for dewan jones actually so i don't know that you know these guys will actually be just sitting here but if if this is really how it kind of shakes out like there are just too many good edge options for seattle at 37 for me to want mcdonald or somebody higher up well i'll tell you actually like thinking back I still think that,
1: whatever reason, I think they'll take Schmitz at at that spot, at 28, in that situation. I think they'll go center.
2: Yeah, the PFF simulators don't have him like that, but I I think just the numbers, I think I agree.
1: So, do we take him here if we think that he would have been taken there?
2: Well, who who else is on the board if you scroll down a little more? All
1: right, yeah.
2: Thule, we don't need.
1: Definitely Tule. some corners. They still got a tight end here.
2: I don't know, tight end, there's Musgrave or Laporta.
1: Drew Sanders, it's pretty interesting, dude. Cody Mouch. you've
3: got your. By the Somebody, way, Cody Mouch, Mouch in the chat earlier said that Cody Mouch looks like me on Bosley. I'm still a little <laughs> shook by it.
2: Oh come on i love I have that. all I have... of my teeth though so teeth.
1: that could by out. the way there's some talk of him being potential at a center spot i've, I've read and heard as well uh, so he
0: would
2: be a guard for you
1: he'd be a guard most likely here's the guy i don't like is it charbonnet time <laughs> no way i don't I, even even if i'm putting my my seahawks hat i don't think they will use a, a high second you're right pick.
2: i feel like the mcdonald pick ruined this mock draft like i feel gross about this now
1: there's a guy that yeah. could be um yeah what would be the Seahawks pick here i think receiver we haven't got and that's a position that they. So that's like what I before. On. When Josh Downs goes, yeah, there's just really like you got tanked out. Like you really get, out. get like Jalen, Jalen Hyatt. Moore. They could reach on Jalen Hyatt. He's such a one. They do
3: love. I mean, Hyatt didn't even run fast, though, did he? No, and he's a he's one-trick like his... pony
2: in a joke fake offense. He's young.
3: Didn't he run like a four-five, four-four-nine, or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so like. Yeah, and they do love speedsters. So, like, I actually wonder if like Tank Dell, like, do they keep trying this like it's Philip so Dorsett, cool. D. Eskridge, Marquise Goodwin? Yeah, uh,
1: I, I don't know.
2: know. <laughs> Can we restart this draft?
1: I think I think they go center. I think they would have gone center yeah. already. I, I would I would say that we just flip it and assume that they would have picked an edge here if they
3: didn't pick a center there. Fair.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on there.
3: How big is this Mouch dude? Uh, he he's a pretty big. Wild. He's a big dude. Um, and they think he's a center. He could play. Oh, center. he
2: played center a, like a couple snaps at the senior bowl. I think he's more of a guard. Ooh. Two four or yeah. twenty four.
3: Oh. He's like the Jim
1: Nagy, like like. <laughs> guy. Have you seen his picture? I need. I, I really like. Like it's incredible. Who... It's oh, really yeah. incredible. If you haven't looked up Cody Mouch, you should look him up. He is he is I want he I want him on the team, like for sure. So um, what are we doing? We doing Schmitz, we doing tipman Whippler, Avila all the way also is a center potential um option.
3: You guys don't like Avila much though, do you?
1: I see him as just more of like a a more passive pass protector. I don't see him as much of a run blocker. Um I do like this. I mean, he's a big boy, but I just don't know if I see him as like their kind of like. I wouldn't be upset. I just I'm not sure I see him as like the guy that they're after, um, in that spot. All right, let's do Schmitz. Done. Oh, <laughs> God. I, I think that guy's like I wouldn't even draft Tanner McKee Like he's like at best like a six round pick oh, to me. I am Probably so much.
3: low on him I can't believe he's so high in this thing alright so are we taking Henley or Dell here ah
2: I don't even Sam Laporta
3: Ika. Eka's Ica. still sitting right there actually but
1: that's not who they would pick yeah. right Why not? we have another pick coming don't we have a pick at 60
3: you're right. Yeah. Yes. Why are they not taking Ica here though?
1: I I mean, I just they have never drafted a nose tackle, and they I, I just I you it's hard for me to see them placing that high of a value on essentially just a run stuffing player, a two down player. I, I wanna like I would be thrilled. Don't get me wrong. I'm just like it's hard for me to get there that they're on the porta. On who? The tight end. Oh, Laporta. That's not a great picture. I'll tell you that.
2: <laughs> he's, most, he's the most plain looking guy. <laughs> that guy looks like... Yeah. It looks like maybe no, he's at a,
3: at a party. Um, 22. Uh, okay, So one of the best college tight ends we've graded. That's insane. I'm, I have a... Yeah, people like this guy. Like, I've that. never heard of this dude before. <laughs>
2: Oh, okay. So let's... like if they want to do that Noah fan thing. I think he's the guy there, but I would be more excited about Ika. Or De- I think you can get Dell the next pick. But any chance Brent's they look at like Tyreek Stevenson, Julius Brent is there? I like him better. Julius
1: oh, is Julius Brents there?
2: Yeah, he's two picks below. That I
3: mean,
1: could very well be. Or ben if ben David, not, like, I think there's a lot we're not of smoke around Ika him,
3: though because they they don't take tackles those tackles that higher are we taking yeah a you're right
1: the, the the thing is that they've actually valued the cornerback position but they have not spent this type of capital on it so i think that's a fair question all right i
3: mean Tank dell is the last receiver of any real interest right it's
2: gotta be yeah i'll see like tollman or Jaden reed you have to get you to got parker that oh, you
1: can go. get later
3: bingo yeah why is he falling is he like he just keeps slipping down and down
2: and down i don't really get it he's had no buzz this entire process it's been strange we really like him. yeah running. look at this
0: Woo.
2: you're right he never did run he just has no but yeah he hasn't his agent hasn't handled this draft process well
3: who knows what teams think of him though i mean yeah. if you're not getting Pff mock draft, but <laughs> uh mock draft simulator but,
2: but i don't know <laughs>
1: Uh, so, all right. So, you think they should go receiver here? that That's what they do?
3: Yeah. I mean, it feels like there's other stuff available to them at the other positions. So, I mean, unless you think they want a linebacker here with Henley, like Henley and, and Dell feel like
2: Cliff... well, So,
1: let's t- remember what J- Jeff said about 62. So, like, w- which, like, w- this is probably the position that has the least amount of guys left. So, yeah, maybe they, yeah. they take from I this think position. Del,
2: I think Dell would be the pick.
1: Right, let's do it. Dell's done.
2: So, so Keon Hanley's gone.
1: Keon, Keon White's a guy we haven't talked about. I think he's an interesting fit for the Seahawks. They wouldn't necessarily need him after some of this stuff. thule has gone. There's Laporta. Oh, there ben... Yeah, Laporta's gone. Brents one.
2: It's got to be Ika. Right? Uh,
1: yeah. So I think that this becomes a possibility. To <laughs> oh. go Del,
2: Car- Charbonnet. Oh, God.
1: Um. So you guys, you guys, you guys think that Ika would be their pick in this situation. Oh, Trenton Simpson's available. I feel like that's a real possibility. I can't believe he's fallen. Why is he fallen so much? What's going on there? Uh, this so- guy's a good player. Pick him up. Bring him home. Done. All right. That is our draft for the night. <laughs> Oh, this the Cardinals mock. They didn't like
2: ours. Uh we're kind of small, like McDonald, Dell, and Simpson. <laughs> it it's an itty bitty draft. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I feel great about that one. How
1: do you feel? Yeah, you're not loving it, are you?
2: We're too small. We gotta get bigger. We gotta get bigger
1: Lever, right? committee. I don't like <laughs> I don't like this. I'd be pretty excited about the rest of these picks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you put Ika in there, we feel totally different. It would. It would. I, I 100% agree. I, I don't yeah. think you can make the case that this is like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's a tougher, significantly tougher team. It's just hard to draft a 160 pound guy and feel like you got tougher. <laughs> and McDonald's small. But you got
3: fast. You did. You yeah, did. But this is the thing. Like, I think like that, that Will McDonald uh, pick just jacked the whole draft at least based i uh, didn't like why. it i
1: i i love that we we tried it we we, we tried it on i don't because you could it. have taken
3: michael Meyer there yeah and then like Ojolari or felix yep. or mcdonald and then uh whatever center you like schmitz you could have done ika and then or uh and then um uh simpson Yeah, And I think you would have felt great about Meyer over Dell. And so you just like flip that one thing. Yes. Right.
1: hundred percent. I completely agree. I I think that
3: we did it. I agree. I agree. Jeff, me and you got bullied. Brian, I, Hawk (laughs) blogger throwing his weight around. I don't think this is an
1: unrealistic potential of how the Seahawks would draft. This is not how I would have necessarily done it. Like,
2: well, hopefully
1: I, they play. I think that they they value that edge position. They spend a lot of draft capital on it to see them get out of the first round with no edge. It's tough. I, I think it's I think it's likely. I think tight end is less likely than center. But I, I agree that that's the that's the right strategy for sure. And
2: that's and that's what I'm saying. I think that that's the pivot point where 20 rather than when there's that depth at edge. And we talked about how much John Schneider values like position group numbers that getting the best of something rather than taking something for because you need it. I think that's what makes drafts good. And that's why they draft so well last year.
1: Well, and you guys are focusing on the tight end. We had 20 and Zay flowers was sitting there too. So like, even if it wasn't a tight end, now I happen to think tight end, I'd be more interested in because of some of the other reasons that we've talked about cap and, and, and and so forth. But if you even switched the draft we had and you had Zay flowers instead of tank Dell, It still feels small, but I think you could have probably ended up with a pretty similar haul and still feel pretty good about it. But you have have to take the receiver or the tight end at 20, or in the 20s, to get quality. I think that's the lesson tonight.
2: Yeah, I think Flowers is just... Oh, sorry, Nathan, go ahead. Oh, no, go for it. I was going to say, Flowers, I just think, is a way better compliment than Tank Dell. I know how Flowers wins and Flowers is like a super like explosive like almost like a little jitterbug out of the slot. Dell's more of a downfield guy. And that's not really what they need. They have that with Lockett and Metcalf. They need to complement them in the middle of the field and someone who wins quickly. And that's why the whole thing just felt bad.
3: Yeah. If Seattle takes uh, McDonald at 20, I'll be saying, EI, EI, oh no. Huh? <laughs> Get it? <laughs> oh,
1: God. <laughs> it took me a while nathan but yes i caught up i caught up all right well thank you to nathan ernst at nathan e11 thank you to jeff simmons at real jeff simmons on twitter and thanks to everybody that stuck around while my computer turned itself off multiple times because even it was upset about mock draft thursday but we got through it two hours plus of real hawk talk this week and thanks to everyone that tuned in if you haven't already Give the show a like, subscribe to the channel, go to patreon.com slash Hawk sign up right now, get access to the Slack channel, and we'll continue the conversation there. And we will continue the conversation about the bet that was made around whether the Seahawks will pick a receiver, no, a quarterback at the number five pick 900 bucks from the three of us that they will not take a pick at number five. They will not take a quarterback at number five. Eventually I will get that right. We will see how much money we can actually additionally raise for charity with this bet. Until then, thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful rest of your night and week. We will talk to you soon. And if you celebrate, happy Passover, Hogs to and all that good stuff. Take care.